I want to talk about your new obsession. My new obsession? Yeah, and not chilaquiles, though it is food adjacent. <laughs> Wait, chilaquiles is not my new obsession. No, no, no. That's a couple weeks ago, so we're not going to talk about that, but I want to talk about your, your new obsession that you found probably in the middle of last week. I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Your girl, Nadia. Oh! That was so loud. Oh, sorry. Okay, well. So hello? talk about how you found her and then how how I gave you her backstory. Okay, and then what I made you watch. For anybody if we talk oh about it? Oh, my God. The, no, if they haven't watched it within the last four years, it's their fault. Okay, so there's uh, we've surpassed the rule of a spoiler alert. Oh my and all god, that. a thousand percent. Yeah, spoiler alert. We're going to talk about something that's been on Netflix for the last <laughs> okay. five years. We just don't want anyone mad at us. So, Dad went and got us new internet, which got us new cable, which has been a bit of a struggle for all of us. The worst. So. <laughs> We currently hate, we won't name them, but we currently hate our cable company. Yeah, it's, it's atrocious because it's all streaming. It's all oh, streaming it's services. Awful. So sometimes you have to just watch what's available. Yeah. What's like not hard to get to. What you can scroll through very easily on a platform that you know and just looks like it might intrigue you. That's what, yeah. that's what you did. That's what I did. So I saw this adorable girl and I, is it called? Nadia, Nadia cooks or something. It's just something yeah, super sure. simple. That makes sense Cook to me. with Nadia. Cook with Nadia. Something like that. So she is, I think she, I've heard her say she's Indian. I've heard she say she's from Bangladesh. She's, um, but she's British. I mean, she lives in the UK, has a beautiful British accent. And she does like cute little It's called Nadia's cookie. Time to Eat. Oh, there you go. Okay. So she does like what I call cheater, you know, shortcut cookie. Yeah. Weeknight meals. Right. Super Semi homemade meals with Sandra Lee. <laughs> but she's way better than Sandra Lee in percent. my mind. Okay. So um, she is super enthusiastic. She is a physical, little, colorful vision, bright turbans, bright. Her kitchen is adorable, yellow, and kind of, I'm going to say Martha Stewart green. Everything mm-hmm. about her is just lovely. And yet she's really. Like, you like her. You want to be her friend. That's how I felt anyways. Yeah. And um, I felt like if she, you plopped her down in my kitchen, we would immediately start a conversation. And you had no idea what her origins were as it related to this show. No, she's just Nadia. She's, she's just Nadia. Nadia. But you had no idea whatsoever that she was the Netflix's version, season three winner of The Great British Baking Show. No idea. Which, when I told that to you, and then showed you that you could watch it. Was that just like well, the most surreal all, thing? Because this version of the girl that you know, which which is outgoing and bright and bubbly and wearing these cute headscarves, is anything but that. So let me just add this one thing. Mm-hmm. I don't get to discover much in this house. Sure. <laughs> you discover everything. Yeah. There's, I mean, I can't send you an Instagram I can't send you a story. Oh, is, I can't send you a news When you say article. this, it feels like it should be a compliment, but inside it actually is, I'm it's dead resentment. inside. It's, it's resentment building, for sure. It's resentment building for myself that I'm glued to a phone 24 hours I can't say, hey, watch this new movie with me because I, no, you've seen it yeah, already I'm and you sorry, don't want to watch it theaters too, not to brag. Yeah, so uh, I felt like I found Nadia. Mm-hmm. So when you already knew Nadia, oh yeah, it's like you like took my old best friends friend with Nadia, away. yeah, exactly, like her and exactly. I are some OGs. Okay, so I immediately went to season three, and I do want to say this: I want to give you a big kudos. You were kind enough to watch it. For oh, I, I'll, I'll I'll rewatch that show morning, noon, and night. Yeah, it's so a phenomenal show. How, the, how you can have heart palpitations when it comes to a British baking show? A sponge. Oh my gosh, it's phenomenal. So um, for those of you that have not watched the great British baking show, you should, because it's just everything good in the world. But I also just hone in on the last three minutes. Again, spoiler alert, she she wins the finale, right? And so Which that, did you really not remember when you lied I couldn't remember because I know that there's people who who in my brain I, th- I thought they won. And then I, like on PBS, I rewatched the finale or something like that. And I was like, oh, they were just in the final. They didn't actually win. And so, you know, this finale, it's a beautiful day in whatever mm-hmm. rural. Wherever they are. Yeah, Herefordshire. I don't know where Castle they are. I made that Castle grounds up. that they Surrey, in, inhabit. Know. Yeah. 
and her family's there and everybody's family's there and there's past contestants there and it's just this really almost family reunion feel and if you've never watched the show there's no money they don't win any money they win a cake plate they win a cake plate that's yeah. engraved that's it that's all it is yeah. and and you get the title for winning that season and i think this is a perfect interpretation of of the emotions that we have kind of during this global pandemic is everything is heightened our sadness is a little sadder our happiness is a little happier oh, totally. and so when when she wins she's just very stoic but like she's in disbelief and she starts to tear up and everybody around her is hugging her because she's just a genuine sweet person right okay truth i've watched the ending just the ending the last five minutes mm -hmm. three times and i have sobbed my heart out <laughs> all and so that's times. what i wanted to say is so when she wins to you it's I'm just crying now this is terrible it's this beautiful moment because you 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 know the end of her story already right, right. you've seen what this very shy n not confident no makeup right just very and I don't mean this in a way, just just very plain. She's just very plain. Version of this girl who who you were attracted to without even knowing her background. And so to see, to kind of see the metamorphosis origin, yeah, like yeah. the point of origin for her yeah. turning into the person that you like is, I mean, that's rare. You never get to see that with anybody. And so I, I think it resonates with you and with me and everybody else, which is why she now has multiple TV shows. But I mean, you said these moments. <laughs> I, don't, I would normally not cry at these moments, but I'm sobbing, and you've sobbed now three times. There's here. Here's the thing that I think you and I we were in our doldrums last week. A for thousand sure. percent, we but can talk about that. Everybody should know we're great this mm -hmm. week. Um, but what we did figure out, and I think once we figured this out, it got way better for you and I really mm -hmm. quickly. We figured out that whatever we're feeling, like the good news is great yeah. news. We feel we're it waiting really for big. That. Yeah. And the stuff that kind of touches our heart or breaks our heart, I mean, takes us to our knees. Because yeah, we're there's no middle that. ground right yeah. now. Yeah. I agree with you. So, but I want to say this to every living human being out there: Season three of the Great British Baking Show solves all the world's problems. I, I highly recommend it's watching the it. The best. And if you don't love Nadia in the end, then I can't be your friend. Let's start the podcast. Okay. Welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. One is a Harvard Business School alum. The other is her son, discussing business, pop culture, family, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Deb and Kev. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. Right there, that's Deb. I'm Deb. And I'm her son, Kev, and this is our podcast. Whenever I say, hey, hi, hello there, I always want to continue by saying, you're as welcome as can be. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-C, -E -E. which is, I think, a show from your era. My, oh, when I was And little, the only yeah. reason I know that is because... I sang it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. On today's pod, we're, we're going to talk about how we feel. I feel like last week was pretty depressing, and you and I <laughs> feel much better this week. We'll, we'll talk business. We'll talk upcoming events. We'll, we'll uh, use it in a sentence, and I'm also going to make you define the word. We'll talk about what we'll think, we're thankful for, and then we will obviously talk about what's for dinner. Um but I genuinely, this week, sat with the feeling of, I re-listened I re to the podcast that we recorded last week. And I, you know this about me, I, I'm a pretty even keel human being. I don't really spike, I don't go up, I don't go down. Last week I was very down. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the depression, the somberness, the sadness of, for whatever reason, I just wore as, as a t-shirt. Like I, I could almost feel it yeah. on me. And it took me to about Friday to take that thing off and throw it away because it was it, it was oppressive every single day. And I don't think anything necessarily happened. I just think I found myself moving away from it. But I'm in a much better place yeah, this me week. Me too. And you you found some like cinematic relief in the form of Nadia, which we spoke <laughs> I about. I did. She makes me happy. And if you can get a good cry in in yep. 2020, that's worth its weight in gold, right? Yeah. Yep. But you're good. I'm good. I, well, it's also, I want to say this, it's your birthday week. It is my yeah. birthday week. Yep. It's a little weird in a pandemic. Soup. It's again, it's one of those things where you're just like, do we have people over? Do we not have people over? If they come over, you know, I'm going to tell everybody to bring masks just to be safe. Um, you know, fortunately, the house has a large backyard and we do in the afternoons get wind here, not 
windy, but there's wind. Yeah. So there's ample opportunity to social distance. It's going to be a smaller group. Um, smaller group meaning like under like 10 to 12? Yeah, yeah, under 15. 15 yeah. would be the max. Yeah, the and that includes all max. of us. Right, yeah. and everything is going to be outside. Um, but again, it's just one of those things where you, you, uh, you can't just plan a normal party. You have to be really cognizant, and there's people who are not going to come because – for whatever reason, they don't feel comfortable being exposed to people who they don't know, which I a thousand percent get and sympathize with. And it was one of the first things I said to everybody was, do not feel obligated to come because I invited you. You need to handle your business the best way possible for you in this pandemic. And a couple people bowed out and who were great friends of mine, but I hold no judgment to them whatsoever. A little bit. No, none at all. No, I, I get it because really if because if I wasn't comfortable, I would have to call somebody and be like, "Listen, I, I love you to death, and when this thing is over, I will spend as much time with you as humanly possible." But right now, not going to do it. Yeah, and I would hope that they would appreciate that as I appreciate their yeah. Their so opinion. there's so the thing about Kevin, it a good thing to know, is Kevin thinks that for every birthday and every Christmas, there should be a grand surprise. But that's not my fault. That's your fault. Like I can sit here and say like, cause I love surprises. I he love them. Loves. I think surprises are the best thing in the world. If you are Kevin's friend or you ever get to know Kevin, yep. know that if you can pull off a grand surprise, he will love you forever. Amazing. He'll remember every detail of it. He'll tell the story over and over. He loves surprises. I think surprises when done well, obviously bad surprises are bad when done well, are the greatest thing because y- your your brain is is linear, right? You're going down this path. And if somebody can take you in a direction that is better than what you were anticipating, how is that not a good thing? So I'm, and the, but the worst part is if you're openly hoping and waiting for a surprise, that, that makes it really difficult for those around you. Makes it difficult, especially, I can remember one year where, um, I specifically told Kevin there was no surprise. Sure. There's no surprise. And this is not a trick. This, I, this is a really not funny a, story, actually. This is not a trick. There is no surprise. And, you know, we would have liked for a lot of things to have happened, but nothing came together. We love you dearly. You're going to have a great birthday, but there is no surprise. I think I was turning 21 or 20, maybe. I think yeah. I was turning 20. Yeah. And you said, Kevin, there's no surprise. There's, it's not happening this year. There, there <laughs> is no surprise. And I said, okay. So then you told me like, hey, I need you to go clean the bathrooms. And I said, why would I need to go clean the bathrooms? She's like, because we're getting new toilets installed. And Which like, was true. And I'm we like, got yeah, free toilets. totally we're getting new toilets installed. Yeah. So and, I, and my th- I'm thinking to myself like, why does the bathroom need to be cleaned to put in new toilets? Little did I know you just wanted them to be clean because the guys were coming over. You wanted to put right. forth a good, you know, a good front. So I clean the bathrooms and I go to work. And in my head, this is like July 16th. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to get home and there's going to be this awesome surprise. I can't not <laughs> wait. So I walk in and I don't think you're home or maybe you're upstairs. I don't think dad's home. And I put my stuff down and I'm just kind of looking around. Nothing there. No big deal. Maybe it's going to be later in the day. And I walk into the guest bedroom or the guest bathroom in the hallway and I open the door and there's a brand new toilet. <laughs> and I just was so <laughs> depressed because you were 100% being honest. And I cleaned the bathroom for the toilets to be replaced. It was very oh. somber, but that that is often not the case. There are phenomenal surprises that have been had with friends coming, girlfriends coming, trips. I mean, just it, it has been it has been a very fulfilled birthday, Christmas when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I think the best. Well, I mean, there been. I think we're good at surprises, but one of the best I think is you were living in L.A. Mm-hmm. and you were coming home. For the weekend of your birthday. Right. And I'd been in LA for just over a year at that point. Yeah. You were coming home for the weekend of your birthday. And of course, your birthday is in July. And we had invited all of your close friends over. And we really. And I got in late. Like I touched down like at nine. Nine. Yeah. It was dark. And um, we had all your close friends come over. And we just set the whole front up yard, the front yard up like. I mean, it was just beautiful. It was umbrellas and lights and tables and decorated and wonderful food. And um, I remember we had we wrote on chalk on the sidewalk. I said to Dad, pull right up here. And it said, welcome home, Kevin. Happy birthday. And all your best friends were right in the front yard. And the yard. way that the front yard is set up is it's 
it's full. Like it's it's very landscaped, and we have these two trees. What kind of trees are those? Oh, the flowering plums. The flowering, flowering plums. plums yeah. That in the middle of the summer are just thick with green leaves, so you really can't see into. Um, the courtyard, it's not a courtyard. I mean, it's kind of a courtyard, but it's not a like courtyard. Like a little patio. A little patio. Um, you can't see into it until you're directly in front. So I saw literally nothing until I pulled up at front and there was 10 of my closest friends yeah. getting ready to have dinner with me. Yeah, it was awesome. It was great. It was great. So, so here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. There is no surprise this year. No, that's fine. Okay. Um, totally, yeah. Hey, there is no surprise this year. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> there really is no surprise. Yeah, wink, wink. Um, so after... The first birthday that I can remember feeling substantial wasn't even 21. It was 30, right? I just, because I, I don't think anybody thinks of their life after 30. You don't think, like, oh, I can't wait till I'm 34 <laughs> years old. Well, how great is it going to be when I'm 34? Oh, I've always wanted to be 34. You just view life, teens, 20s, and then you're kind of an adult. So 36, though, a bigger number. Each year, it, it doesn't really resonate with me. I feel the same at 36 as I did at 30 as I did at 25, right? What does it feel like to you having a 36-year-old? Well, as you say 36, this is the exact thing that went through my mind. For people that have listened to the entire podcast, they're going, they didn't think it was a big deal that you lived at home before. And now they're going, oh, crap, he's 36. Oh, yeah, I'm shooting for 40, y'all. <laughs> and he's living at home. So that was the first thing I thought. Um the second thing I thought was that we just, in June, all of us had a heart attack because your babysitter growing up, who we still love and adore, mm-hmm. Haley, that lives in Montana, now um, turned 40. Right. And we were like, what? And she was always viewed as like my big sister. Yeah. She was just, she was a female version of me who just had me, like, had 40 years on me. It was dangerous to have her babysit you. Actually. Yeah, I mean, totally. for sure. The house yeah. could have burned down. And we're not going to, we'll, we'll get, one day we will do a Haley segment, which yes. is yes. so much fodder. But the very first time she babysat, we literally almost burned the house to the ground. But so what happened is Haley turned 40, and that was kind of like a, Oof, how could Haley be 40? The other thing is Haley still looks like she's 12. Sure. So that's shocking. And then I think this week, your other babysitter that you loved and adored, Jen, turned 48 crazy and it's like how can that be happening i mean these are all children in my mind what's weird about 40 is i remember being like i clearly remember being at dad's 40th birthday which is bizarre like i remember is that up at phil and felix's house up in galena Galena. it was a surprise party you guys had had um uh, video shot from you know all of his friends who couldn't be there you had arnold palmer sign uh Yep, the real on the birthday card. Got him a birthday card. I mean, it was, I remember that vividly. So to think that in four years, I'll be celebrating a birthday that my father celebrated that I was present for and remember is, was that, is that easy to track with what I just said? Yes, that's weird. So freaking weird. So I think the fact that you're 36, I look at it and go, wow, 36, that's a long time. And. I mean, I was 30 when I had you, so there's always that. I mean, I'm always that far in front mm-hmm. of you on the road of life. I will never be able to catch up. And I've always reminded him that he will never be able to catch up, no matter what, and uh, that I will always know more. But uh, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if you feel like this at 36, but I feel like, I guess every year I still feel like, even this year, I still feel like the best is yet to come. I still oh, feel you like, that. you know, the... You recently made me promise to not die for the next 30 years. <laughs> yeah, I said you needed to live for a minimum of 30 more years, which that's not uncommon in this household because Deb oftentimes looks at all the animals and gives them a number that they cannot pass away before. Before, yeah. They have numbers. They've been told. So I'm going to treat you the way we treat our Springer Spaniels and say (laughs) you cannot pass away before the age of 96. So I've agreed to 96. And I mean like a healthy 96, not like strapped to tubes, vegetable 96. Oh, no, no, no. We we talked about that. I said, no, I'm not going to agree to live if I'm not healthy and happy. Um, But so I think that, I don't know, I think good things are to come. I think there's super exciting things happening in your life, I think there's exciting things happening in my life. I think dad is at the end of his road with chemo mm-hmm. and radiation, and that's really good news for everybody. Yeah. So um, I don't know. 
I'm just good. We're going to get through this pandemic, however long it lasts. And we're just going to try to be good people while we're doing it. We'll, we'll try to toe the line of emotions and not live too high or too low. I'm going to search frantically for the naughtiest of the world. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Birthday talk. Birthday Done. Talk. Check. Yeah. Here's what I want to talk about. If you haven't listened to the previous four podcasts, you should because it's this great timeline to talk about hiring, training, general employment, and then the eventual split with an employee. Um, a lot of great content in there and, and very useful for even, even the employees of the world. Today, I kind of want to talk about, well, I really just want to talk about difficult conversations because I think more often than not in both our personal and professional lives, we actively avoid difficult conversations. They're uncomfortable. We sweat in weird places. We don't want to be seen as being too rude or being a pushover. It, you can approach it from any angle. But I think that is, especially right now in 2020, where difficult conversations are being had every single day about every single issue, let's let's dive into the idea of how can one go about to their best ability having a difficult conversation we're talking mostly about difficult conversation in the workplace of course yeah Yeah. i I think if you're able to manage that because because it is professional i think it almost makes it easier to do that personally yeah so if if you can handle the professional difficult conversations you are going to be well equipped to handle the difficult personal conversations i agree so if difficult conversation were to get a merit badge mm-hmm. i would say that oh, i love the idea of merit badges. do you like that yeah most leaders wouldn't have one okay yeah it, because it's just uncomfortable mm-hmm. and we don't want to we we tend to avoid things that are uncomfortable oh yeah and i'll give you a couple examples recently i had um two di- this happened with actually two different clients who had employees that were really lovely people i mean truly but you know we're not making it in the mm-hmm. position they were in and of course you know you let time go by and you talk around it and you talk sideways to it and you talk to somebody else about it and on and on and on and they both had the awakening um recently that it had been three years was it an awakening or was it you bashing them over the head one of them was a true awakening okay um where she went Ugh, it's been three years. Like she figured, I mean, she figured that out herself and and sort of was sick with it, you know, that she had let it go on that long. Mm -hmm. And the other might have been a small bashing. Yeah. Where I I made a declaration. I was there three years ago and we were talking about this. Why are we still talking about it? You know, that kind of thing. Um, So I think a lot of them don't have merit badges. And I think a lot of it has to do with the story that people tell themselves. People say things like, I'm not good at that. Or they say, I'm just not good at confrontation. As if any of us came to the earth good at confrontation. I mean, none of us did. It's a a learned, I mean, you've got to learn to be good at it, you Mm -hmm. know. And I'm not talking about these aggressive, crazy people that love confrontation for the sake of confrontation. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about them because they're not good at it either. They just, it's a way that they, I think, exercise their venom and their demons and their anxiety by taking it out by taking it out on everybody else but if you're talking about like a healthy confrontation so i'm going to go back and forth between like a boss and an employee you know a subordinate and a boss um but let's say that a boss is initiating a conversation i'm going to start out a little bit it's not a lot different than what we talked about last week with if you have to let somebody go Mm You know, really think Maybe it out. Maybe the most difficult conversation. The most difficult conversation. You know, I think, think it out ahead of time. I'm not an advocate of scripts at all, as everybody knows. But I really, um, I mean, scripts will steer you wrong because you only have control of half of the conversation. And you don't know how they're going to respond right. or not. So, but have, a, have it in your mind, what you want to say, the important parts. Um, and really give it some attention before you do it. The talking points that you know literally need to be said literally and then you can kind of ad lib around it but the things that for sure need to come out of your mouth so let's say we were talking to an employee that just can't meet timelines you know and uh you know timelines can affect everything Mm -hmm. they can affect i mean the customer service they can affect other projects that are going on in the company they can affect the receipts of money i mean it can affect everything and you know there are some people that are just kind of tend to 
I don't think procrastination in itself is bad necessarily. I think it's a way people use energy to work. Right. But when procrastination causes you to miss timelines or disorganization or whatever it is. So probably, I mean, if you were talking to somebody about something like that, I would, what I would really want it to be, if I were the leader, what I would want it to be is a conversation where we solve the problem together. Mm -hmm. So that means I'm not going to be accusatory. That means that I'm not going to be offensive. It means I'm hopefully going to be kind and professional, but that I'm also not going to soften it so much that they can take a different meaning away from it because that happens, right? Or it's it's too ambivalent. It's, it's too, too ambivalent. Vague. Yeah, you've got to say the words, right? So I think, I mean, I, facts and examples. I mean, just start with facts and examples. Like, hey, remember this project, A, B, C, da, 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 da. You know, it was supposed to be done on this date. We were supposed to have the deliverable to whoever, mm-hmm. you know, at this point in time. Your part wasn't done. We had to kind of call in, apologize, ask for another date, move it forward. Like, but you didn't say to me along the way, there's no way I can get all this work done. Right. I mean, because I always think that's legitimate. Sure. I mean, if, if we, bite, we bite off, we say today, like, I can take that bite and I can finish it in a month, right? Mm-hmm. But as the month progresses, more, it's our job. Exactly. It's our job to figure out that a month is no longer, you know, reasonable and doable. And then we should speak up in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you say it in advance, it has a whole different meaning than when you're apologizing because yep. you're going to miss it. So I think it's the teaching part of it is like you get to speak up. You know, I mean, if you if you think you're going to miss a date, you get to speak up. But before the date. Yeah. Right. I mean, speak up as soon as you know. The other part of it is, are we dumping too much on you? Because I hear that all the time where uh, somebody, an authority, a manager, an owner just keeps dumping something on a person Mm -hmm. and whatever is currently dumped becomes their priority. And the thing that still has that date on it moving forward, everything's ticking and that's been lost at the bottom of the pile. Mm -hmm. And what they don't say and what they should say to the manager along the way is, okay, this is everything I've got going on right now. This cannot all possibly be done by this time. Right. You need to prioritize what you want done for me for what you want me to do first, because I can't do it all. Um, so I think having that kind of conversation. So you're saying that if the employee was able to come to uh, a manager or an owner and in a very obviously respectful way, say, hey, I know you wanted this by this date. Mm-hmm. You have since added this to my plate, which I can do all of it but the timeline for all of it is going to be pushed back a little bit, you're now actually diffusing the need for a difficult conversation because you're you're heading it off at the pass. Well, because you're handling it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think like what you want. So you want to empower your employees to feel like they can first off come to you and have that conversation. And if they haven't, then you want them to feel free to speak up sure. during that conversation because you need to know that. Yep. You, you may not be the only one giving them work. There could be other people involved. There could be work that just should be coming from their natural workflow that is increased and you're not aware of it. So you want them to speak mm-hmm. up. I think one of the things that I think is so important is that as you're delivering this news, I think you need, need to be slow, precise. I think you need to listen not be so quick to say your things that are in your head because the conversation may take a whole different turn right. if that employee suddenly gives you some news yeah. that you go, oh, my gosh. You my know. family member fell ill, and I've been in the hospital 12 hours every night. Well, hopefully we would know that, but yes. Well, they, I mean, yeah, people no, hold that right. stuff. You're right. You know, No, you're right. Um, or, or it's just something like this other really important client dropped a bomb in my lap, and I needed to take care of mm-hmm. it, but I neglected to tell you, Right. So I think, the, and then the conversation suddenly isn't difficult. It takes a different turn, mm-hmm. and the two of you are problem-solving it together as a team. And the thing about that, if you can get a conversation to go that way, and this is what I, where I think difficult conversations in the end are so beautiful, is that they end up, I mean, you end up feeling like a team. You end up trusting one another. You build trust. I mean, you end up having respect for one another. I mean, it affects productivity. I mean, it goes really, really well mm-hmm. that you both got through that difficult that difficult moment together. Um, I do think if it's just genuinely a performance issue, then, I mean, you've got to be honest. And you've got to, I try to recognize the emotion in a person because once somebody starts to either get 
well, like mad, Mm -hmm. defensive, angry, quiet, even, or cry. I mean, anything big like that, you've kind of lost them for that moment. Because you've lost them because you're speaking truth and, and they're almost exhibiting the emotion showing you that you hit the nail on the head. Or they don't believe you because I think the defensive yeah, posture could be also because they don't they they just disagree. Right, that's maybe more the de- anger. I think if somebody starts crying, you've you've absolutely hit the. Yeah, the up. crying thing is it's hard. But I think at that point, that's where like the really the kindness comes in, and like what are you going to do if somebody's sitting there really angry, defensive, and not talking, or if somebody is sitting there sobbing their heart out? I mean, they can't they can't continue. And the thing at that moment, I think to do if you're you know a good boss and an insightful boss is to say hey 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 come on let's uh go get a soda i'm gonna go get a coffee let's both take a break let's meet back here in 15 minutes 15 minutes is long enough for somebody you know to kind of get their wits about them we are gonna finish this conversation together we're gonna work on this together but let's both take a deep breath and come back in 15 minutes. Yep. And I think enough people don't do that. I mean, it's okay to take a break. It's hard. That's why it's called a difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think then when the person who is, you know, nobody wants to cry, you know, the defensive person, it gives them 15 minutes to go, okay, you know, why am I acting this way? You know, how can I respond differently? And I think the kindness of the boss without any threatening behavior gives them the opportunity to kind of reset and reevaluate and come in. Yeah. And I think it only needs to be 15 minutes, you know. I think at that point you're showing really a lot how much you care and you're showing that this emotion of theirs doesn't have to impact the ultimate outcome of the conversation. Yeah. But we're st- I mean we're still having it. We're finishing it, right? So um, then can I can I ask a qualifying question? Yeah. So if the difficult conversation is had and both parties leave very clear Mm -hmm. and understanding what the expectations are. We both agree that waiting three years might be extreme to see that change. Might be extreme. What's a good timeline to set either verbally or mentally to truly assess that change of the employee? So I think it depends on the business, but I'm going to say if there were weekly things that should be done, then one of the things I might say to them is, why don't you and I meet once a week? I mean, just so we can go over this, so I can know what's going on with you, mm-hmm. so you and I can get back on track together, right? Yep. So we see it as a mutual thing. And then we put it on the calendar as a reoccurring event. We're ready to give them accolades if they've done it. We're ready to provide them with education if that's a missing component. Or we're ready to give them help if they really have too much on their plate, right? Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, like we have overworked them, that kind of thing. Um, and I think that feedback time, hopefully they don't feel like it's punitive. They feel like it's a time to really engage with a person who's hopefully cares about them and is rooting them on, is cheering for them. Because that's how I would want people to feel. If I honestly believe they're capable and competent, then, I mean, I think I'm their biggest cheerleader and I would want them to know that. Mm-hmm. But I do think, um, I mean, it could be that it's, once every month, it could be once a week. It could, I mean, once a quarter is too long, you know, to wait. I would want feedback before If there then. was an issue. What? If there was an issue. Once if a there was an long. issue, okay. yeah. Put a bow on it. Well, I think once you get through some, here, here's the beauty of this. And this is how I feel about difficult conversations and why I lose sleep over them. I get anxiety like everybody else, but I will say for the most part, I don't avoid them is because I know what's on the other side is so precious and good. And what happens is you build something so meaningful with that person if you can get through that difficult conversation. And I mean, I want to say from the employee side of it, they have to sometimes go to a boss with a difficult conversation, and that's hard too. But um, you're better for it. And if you're not better for it, then the truth is you know you know the truth about where you are. Mm -hmm. And then you can at least make an informed decision about your future. Right? I'm with you. Makes sense to me. And we encourage all of our listeners to shoot us some DMs. Yes. Questions about difficult conversations, things you've faced, successes you've had, failures you've had, lessons that you've learned from good and bad. We would love to hear that. Because what we want in the end, and this is what I want anyways, Mm -hmm. and this is why I started doing what I do, is I would love 
for the workplace, I'm going to say of America, um, but I would love of the workplaces of everywhere to be healthy and doing these kind of things create healthy totally. workplaces and people like to work in healthy workplaces. And so if you create one of those, then you get to attract the best people. Transparency. People people want yeah. to know where they stand. Yeah. And even if it's a difficult conversation, they will feel better for it afterwards because they can either feel comfortable where they're at or can strive to be better. And if they're not capable of fulfilling the position, now you know that and you can replace them with somebody who can. Right. And maybe possibly even keep them in a different position. Totally. Yeah. I love that. I think that's great. You good on that? I'm good on that. Deb, let's play America's favorite game. <laughs> let's Use it in no. a <laughs> sentence. Okay, last time we did this was a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, and it was phenomenal. <laughs> Rave For reviews you. from For all the you. critics. It was just absolutely adored, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was phenomenal. This time around, we're definitely going to continue to use these words. Now, these are all words that are found with the Gen Z, po- the Gen Z generation and the uh, millennial generation. I think some you're going to know, some you're definitely not going to know. I would like for you to try to provide a definition first, which I then think will help you use it in a sentence. This is like a spelling bee. I mean, I'll happily spell these words for you, but I would like to hear what your definition of it is first and (laughs) then for you to use it in a sentence. And just like last time, I have five words that I'm going to pick through from random. Mm -hmm. And only after you use it in a sentence will I tell you if you are right, wrong, and then properly use it for you. Rules understood. Understood. Okay. The first word, which you'll know the word, Gucci. 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 Like the brand. Well, it's spelled like the brand, G-U-C-C-I. So what do you think Gucci means? I think it means, uh, I think Gucci means that you're very, that you're very, cool that you're very in that you're very that you've got it use it in a sentence for us susan is always so gucci <laughs> with her fashion statement i think that's a point i'm gonna give you a point gucci comes from the high end fashion brand another way to say good chill or awesome so if you said hey how am i looking right now i'd be like girl you're looking gucci with that outfit Okay, I have to ask, have you ever said that in your life? Gucci? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A thousand oh, you percent. have? Yeah. Usually what I'll say is, you're Gucci, and then I'll give the uh, okay emoji. Oh. Gucci gang. Okay. Shout All right. Joe. You've actually used it. Yeah, I probably, oh, yeah. For I sure. probably won't be using it. Uh, I mean, you can. Unless I I'm talking I, about the, the I, I envision you using this with your friends, these words that you've learned, and I envision <laughs> you using it with your friends, and it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Just yeah. shooting out a text that says Gucci on it, and you're no, like, No, I can see uh, myself saying, Oh, you're so Gucci. And they go, No, it's a Chanel, right? Yeah, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, what are you this talking is Michael about? Kors. Yeah. Um, Deb, what does the word thick mean? T H I double C. What do you think it means first? And then go ahead and use it in a sentence. Um, I'm going to say that it means. Is it is it gender related? Uh, Would we no. use it more with women or men? I mean, you could you could use it for both though. Oh, okay. for sure. It's it's transferable back and A forth. Thousand percent. Okay. It's non-binary. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say that thick means. <laughs> I have no Go idea. for it. Whatever feels right in your gut. <laughs> I'm gonna. I just want to go to the original words. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna say. Your hands are up. (laughs) It looks like you're holding a a large orb, which, again, you're not far off. Keep going. If someone says you're thick, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that it's a good – number one, it's good. It's positive. Yeah. Okay? And it means, like, you are a person of substance. Oh, okay. Like, emotionally. like Well, everything. Like, there's depth to you. Maybe physically. But not fat. Like, we don't say fat. That Deb is so well-educated. She's thick with knowledge. (laughs) There you go. Or we could say, like, look at her. She's beautiful. She's thick. Okay. You're not off. I, I, I mean, I'm willing to give you that point because I actually like the idea that I could look at someone and be like, you are so thick 
with understanding cars. You are. So thick is pleasantly plump, curvy in the right places. Oh, I was right. Especially the butt or thighs. Okay. So the way you were holding your hands. Yeah. Was, I was holding was mocking a, a thick person. Exactly. That's good. I'm, I'm, I'll happily give that to you. I think, I think we're two for two on that. I think you're either going to really know this word or you're, you're not going to have any idea what this kind of phrase is. Okay. On fleek. On fleek? Yeah. O-N space F-L-E-E-K. Fleek. I've heard fleek, but I, I definitely you have. don't I, know I, fleek. I knew you'd heard it before, but I don't know if you know the actual context. No, I have context. no idea. So, so Just go ahead and use it in a sentence. <laughs> so, well, wait, don't I have to define it? Oh, yeah, by, by all means, please define okay. it. Okay. So I'm going to say that on fleek, I think it means like you are spot on. Okay. Okay. And so you would use it like this. I would, you would make a comment to me Mm -hmm. and I would say, Kevin, you are on fleek. With what you just said. With what you just said. Deb, that response that you gave to me on fleek is on fleek. Is it? Describes perfection. Her eyebrows are on fleek. Awesome. Look at that. I'm close. Are you just thinking these out? No, just literally punting. I love this. Yeah. I don't even know what's coming out of my mouth next, honestly. If I said you're shook. Shook. Yeah. S-H-O-O-K. Or shooketh. Shook it? Shooketh. Shooketh. Like España. Shooketh. (laughs) Oh, these words. Okay. I'm going to say that shook is... See, I just... I don't know. I can't get away from the origin of the word. So I'm going to say that shook is like, oh, rattled. You are rattled. Use like it in a sentence, please. You didn't handle it well. Like I'll say, okay, so we were at the restaurant, and she ran into her soon-to-be ex-husband, and ugh, was she shook? Spot on. Is it it's absolutely spot on? Oh my gosh, I'm another so happy. way to say you're shocked or surprised. Okay, a thousand percent nailed it. Yay! You are you are batting a thousand. Right oh my now. god, batting I can hang out with the younger generation. So now I'm going to give you one bet. If you know this, because this is more of like. Uh, internet gamer term in my four for four right oh now? a thousand percent okay you are doing if i could give you bonus points i could but we are not even keeping track of okay. this there is no big board all right yeet what yeet is it a sound or word y-e-e-t yeet yeet yep do you make it do you say it like the way you sound oftentimes yes yeet. and it's and it's usually louder and it's usually a gamer playing like call of duty and, and he yeets and it's very loud. Yeet. Well, I don't know any games. I don't even know what Call of Duty is. Is it a police game? It's a first-person shooter game. It's okay. Like an army game. Oh, an army game. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeet. I think yeet has to do... Uh, well, if it's an army game, I'm going to say yeet has to do with when you kill somebody. And, Use it in a sentence. Um. Okay. So I was playing Call to Duty. Call Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Call to Duty might be when some your mom calls and you're like, "Did you poop today?" Okay, so uh, that was good. Thank you. <laughs> so I was playing Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Call right. of Duty. So I was playing Call of Duty, and honestly, I'm not very good. Mm-hmm. But wow, you should have seen me eat. <laughs> You know what that reminds me of is when you thought Stan was kind of like boom pow, because <laughs> yeet actually is like that. It, yeet is an ex, is an exclamation that could be used in various situations as a way to say yes, to express excitement, or to issue a battle cry like "Let's go get it, guys! Let's yeet!" So it doesn't actually have to do with any killing anybody. I mean, like when you kill somebody, you can you scream could yell yeet. yeet. Okay, yeah. well then I w- yeah no I think you're I think you're good. Okay. I mean, yeet is tough because yeet, yeet exists in like a very specific genre of the generation. So I think you worked well. I, I mean, I think you did exceptionally well. I do want to say there's a piece of me that wishes there was a camera on us because your face, when I use the examples, you look like you were going to just bend over and laugh. I mean, they're great. <laughs> Here's what I like. You, A, take it really serious because you're talking it out. But B, you're like, you get them all right. Do you want one more before we, before we end well, I've this? I've got a perfect score right now. Okay. This will just be bonus points. Okay. okay, so it doesn't change my perfect. No, score. no, no. You, right. you, you're they're if they're putting money, you in the hall of fame. I would have already won, won it. Uh, this is just extra cash on top. Okay, perfect. Snack. Snack. S N A C C. Snack. Snack. 
feel like you might know. Okay. I think a snack is like a person who's really delicious. Okay. (laughs) So if two 16 year old boys Mm -hmm. were hanging out at the high school, having their lunch out in the the quad. The quad. Quadding it up. And some particularly darling girl walked by. One boy would look at the other boy and go, oh, I'd like to get me some snack. (laughs) Am I close? Uh, Yes. I think you used it more. I I just think you misused it in the sentence, but it's a thousand percent correct. An attractive person. Someone that looks so good that you want to eat them for a snack. Ooh, she's looking good. She's looking like a snack. So my first thing of saying delicious. No, it's a you're a thousand percent correct. Oh my gosh, I can beat the bridge. I just want to keep going to see what you get wrong. <laughs> no, but no, no we're no going to retire. I mean, we will break break this game back out. But I mean, you nailed it. It's a gift. You nailed it. I don't believe that you're not researching these. I on swear your I'm own. not. Like literally, I am sweating. I am nervous. Whatever the whatever the generation so after Gen Z is, I'm gonna go find those words because those kids are like ten. Yeah. Do you think they're using those kind of words uh, yet? No, not at all. No. Some weird no. YouTube. There was a guy. Garbage. I saw a guy on Instagram the other day that was going on and on about um, uh, Gen Z and wear the mask and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean that that kind of thing? And I'm looking at this guy now. Honestly, I felt like he and I were the same age. Mm-hmm. And he referred to himself as an older cusp millennial, which I think you're an older cusp millennial. Oh, no, I am. Millennial. By yeah. But this guy looked like he could have been. Well, this guy looked older than dad. Yeah. I mean, seriously. And But he was serious and he was delivering a serious message. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm not so. I am a baby boomer. What can I say? You are you a know? boomer. Okay, boomer. Um Phenomenal. You did a phenomenal oh, thank job. Thank you, Kev. No Appreciate issues with that. any of it whatsoever. You yeah. you worked through it perfectly. And if you were on, you know, ESPN Spelling Bee, you'd be the grand champion. Oh, yeah, I'd get a medal. Uh, is there anything that we need to walk back from last week now that I oh, think about it? it? Yeah, I don't think there is anything. I think I, I would take back my just overall demeanor last Our week. Mood. Yeah, the mood was somber. We were, yeah. There were some funny points. We certainly learned a did lot. Did we offend anybody with the going to the graveyard and all that? No, I, I don't, don't think, think so. Did. Nobody's reached out. Nobody I mean, I thought we, I think we 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 utilized the cemetery for something other than just burying bodies yes. to break your potentially seven years of bad luck. So I think well, that's I think we started feeling better after that too. No, no, within no. a while, I was pretty distraught all all week. Yeah. So for that, I take that back. I apologize for bringing anybody down. I think you still had some good entertainment. Value. Great. I'm going to okay. say that. Then we'll take it back. Yeah, don't take it back. Okay. Um, as we wind down, what are you thankful for this week, Deborah? Well, kind of like last week, but I mean, really have to say like it's birthday week and dad is finishing all of his treats. Yep. So, dad, dad, as of today. As of today, yeah. It, it's early. We thought it was going to be we Friday. Thought, yeah, Friday thought, was going to be the last day. But as of today, he is done with all forms of cancer treatment. All forms of cancer treatment. So now we just wait till October and get some scans and see what happens then. But we're going to breathe and relax mm-hmm. in the meantime. Um, grateful for you. One Thank of the you. biggest sources of joy in my life. I want to say that. Appreciate that. You all, I said last she night. She just rolled her eyes really hard when she said that. <laughs> you said something last night that made me laugh really hard. And I said, Kevin, if I can just laugh like that once a day, I'll be fine. Right. Yeah. You know, um, little known fact, when you were little and you got in trouble and I would be mad at you, you could always make me laugh. And what would I say? I'm laughing on the outside, <laughs> but I am furious on the inside. <laughs> While I'm laughing my guts out. Yeah. Didn't probably have the desired effect. But um, I am very, very grateful for you. I'm grateful that daddy's out of treatment and that he can start living his normal life again, whatever normal looks like mm-hmm. in this crazy world of ours. And so, I mean, that's and that's kind of a nice little we're this is a this weekend is is good for our family. This is a this is a, it's an easy to cherry pick the thankfulness this week as mm-hmm. A family member of ours is ending just severe treatment mm-hmm. for a severe disease or pretty whatever. brutal. Yeah. And um and then we kind of get to celebrate that along with my birthday with friends in a new socially acceptable way. So for me I'm 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 very thankful to be able to have that and have something to look forward to and and for, you know, the nice light that has been shined on our family this week. So you should share 
or we could wait till next week. Hmm. You should share your birthday menu because you were particular about it. Mm. I'll wait till next week. Okay. Yeah, keep everybody hanging. A little yeah, bit. for sure. Nice little tease there. So as we finish up, Deb, what's for dinner tonight? Because I'll tell you, last night's dinner was fantastic. We did a version of a wedge salad. It was a great. version of a wedge salad. It Crumbled was bacon, good. chicken, sliced chicken. cherry tomatoes, the ranch with a little bit of the bruschetta seasoning. It was Fantastic. And we didn't have any blue cheese, so we put a little dollop of goat cheese on there, which seemed which to satisfy is, all of us. That, that spreadable goat cheese is so nice because mm. it's light and it's tart. And it's smooth. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. So we reinvented that. Um, well, here's the thing about dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. There's a package in the refrigerator. Of? That says, do not touch. Oh. And so I haven't touched it. And what dad said to me, now keep in mind that your father, my husband... Will help cook on a holiday. Yep. He's good about that. He, he'll barbecue. We anytime. try to avoid him cooking on the holidays because it's an absolute disaster zone. Yeah, a little bit. Um, in case he listens to this, we want to be mm, a little bit sure. kind. He might not. He, this, is, this is a longer episode. He might not make he it might this not far. Hear, yeah. Um, he, uh, well, he barbecues anytime and he does well. Of course, with that, happily. Of course. Yep. Really good. And he, we can throw anything at him at the last minute. Because it's outside, so he can be messy. Yeah. Um, but other than that, he, like he makes the best meatloaf on the planet. Yep, very true. Which we love, which we ask him several times a year to make. But other than that, he didn't really cook. So tonight, to give the answer, he's what's cooking. for dinner, we have no earthly idea. He's cooking. It's a secret, and it's a thank you to us because we took such good care of him. And as far as we know, this might be our last podcast, <laughs> depending on what <laughs> is served be. tonight. There you could might be poison in the food. He could again. be after us. Or, or just grossly undercooked or you know, some yeah, fu- yeah, form of salmonella. We're just letting you know that we love you. We care about you. This might be the last time you hear from us. But if it's not, you know. Then we'll be back next then, week. Then you know that at least the, the meal was edible. Yeah. In fact, if and if it is really good, we should talk about it next week. We and give him I full credit. give him praise if the meal is good. And if we don't talk about we'll it, make it just, a good joke. just know that it wasn't. <laughs> Anything else? I think that's it. Well, that's it for us. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in and and listening to us, you know, ramble about our lives and about business for, for, you know, the better part of an hour. Um, We are thankful for all of you. We appreciate all of you. It is uh, a labor of love. And I think there's a lot of catharsis that comes from what we do. So it's also kind of selfish in a way. So, so we appreciate all, all of all of the ears. We're grateful to anyone that listens. A thousand percent. So that's going to do it for the Deb and Kev podcast this week. We will see you again next week. As always, like, review, subscribe, unsubscribe a thousand different times. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Twitter. Uh, we're posting pictures and posting videos whenever we can. Um, Mom, I love you to death. Love you, Kevin. Thanks. Thanks. For in advance for helping plan this party. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. And if it's not, we'll talk about it next week. It's going to be wonderful, but there is no surprise. Okay. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow Deb and Kev on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at Deb and Kev Pod.